This is Partners in Practice, a weekly series dedicated to the evolving field of the advanced practice clinician. Here is your host nurse practitioner, Mimi Secor. Hi, I'm Mimi Secor, host with ReachMD, and with me today is a very special guest, Missy Lavender. Welcome, Missy. Thank you, Mimi. Missy is executive director and founder of the Women's Health Foundation here in Chicago, Illinois. And I would just love for you to describe what it is about this foundation. What is your mission? The Women's Health Foundation is a nonprofit organization. We're 10 years old this month. And our entire focus is to educate and empower women around their pelvic health. So as we say, our space is everything below the belt. Gee, that's my space too, clinically. So we were just meant to meet. We were meant to be here. What do you find women, what do you think they're take is on that part of their body? I think, Mimi, there's a great degree of both ignorance and intimidation. So this is not a space that people give a lot of thought to, unless or until they go through some major life events. We would like to say sex, but sometimes not even until they reproduce. And then oftentimes menopause, things will start to show up, and then definitely later in life. And I wish it was showing up in a positive way, But very often, we get these women in these particular life stages because things are starting to go sideways, and they don't understand it, they don't like it, and they don't know what to do about it. So what type of services do you actually provide? So the Women's Health Foundation is a small nonprofit, and our business model, if you will, is to be the train the trainer. So most of the things we do are to train people like community health workers who have their own megaphone within their communities of women. So we can arm them with tools in their toolkit that can allow them to speak to women no matter what they're talking about about diabetes health, obesity, senior health, prenatal, postpartum, doesn't matter what the women are that they're encountering. We know that we have something for everyone. And so we will train them and set them off into the community. Other things we do is we've created evidence-based programs that run in medically-based wellness centers, for example. So if a facility has a pelvic health center or would like to, they can come and get our total control training. We'll actually go to them. They can then offer this program in conjunction with their urogynecology, female urology, nurse practitioners, pelvic floor physical therapists, whatever, as a way to draw in women from the community and also refer them out to the practices. Now, you're working with Helen Carcio in, in this way, aren't you? In we are. In terms of synergizing together, Helen being an expert in bladder health as a nurse practitioner, and she helps a variety of advanced practice clinicians set up pelvic health centers. So Helen's expertise is really on how do you make this work, right? right? right. And the reason we met her is because we were training these hospitals around something that they could use to drive women in, but then they didn't often know how to then run the rest of the practice. So enter Helen. We've come together with Spirit of Women Hospitals to work with mostly hospitals that are hoping to set these centers up. But we at Women's Health Foundation have trained at least a dozen of their hospitals in the total control program, and they're running very successfully. And they love it as part of the patient algorithm, right? So a woman can come into total control. She can learn about her body. You know, what are the muscles and structures below the belt? How do things work internally. It's mostly bladder and prolapse focused. Mm -hmm. So she'll learn if she's a urgent incontinence patient, potentially, or a stress incontinence patient. She'll also, most importantly, Mimi, unlearn some things. So they'll come in saying, I don't want to go see a doctor. He's just going to put me on medication. I've tried that. Exactly. Right? Right. Or I'm afraid he's going to operate. Well, she's an urge person. There's not going to probably be an operation. Right. Or if she's tried medication, there are lots of different kinds of medication. Totally. So what's really helpful about these programs is the woman then comes armed to her doctor or nurse or healthcare practitioner. They don't have to diagram the pelvis and spend, you know, seven minutes. She knows. 
knows because you've empowered her. Well, that's a big issue with continence care in general. Women don't feel empowered, so it sounds like that's what your program is really designed to do. It is. Inform them, help them. them. They move and they learn. Good. Right. And they come out really well armed. And they'll learn things, Mimi, that they can try right away. And some of them can make a huge difference. For example, if they're squatting, right? When you go out in those public bathrooms and you see the the water drops, what I thought were water drops. Yes. And then I learned it was because we were habitually squatting, squatting right? Yes. Our mom told us never to sit down. On the, well, that is not good for you. No. Right? Uh-uh. And first of all, it's not hygienic for the next person. Right. So we say, you know, make a nest, line it if you have to, but like sit that. down. Make a nest. Right. And the second part of that is, as one of my favorite Eurogynes said, who's now at the NIH, she said, alignment is key, right? You cannot be comfortable if you're not sitting down. You cannot right. let those muscles relax. Exactly. So the pelvic floor can squeeze, so the bladder can contract, so that it all can Works happen. Works together. Exactly. Right. How long is that program? Missy? Total control can be whatever the hospital center wants it to be. So it's a what is it typically? It's a sixty to seventy-five minute program. So okay. an hour of exercise designed right. in the research. It was an hour of exercise, fifteen minutes of education okay. each time, running twice a week for seven to eleven weeks. Hmm. There was a senior program and a regular program. Uh-huh. So we found basically women will report back to us with mm-hmm. improvement after three. Great now, things like sleeping through the night. Which oh. Totally life-changing. Exactly. A life-changing event for many women. And sometimes it's just a matter of habit. And sometimes it could be that their pelvic floors are working. And sometimes, I don't know. Maybe they're drinking caffeine or alcohol or Maybe too many fluids less. after dinner. Right. Exactly. Right. Just all those pieces that we all learn from Helen and learn in that literature. Exactly. Great. Well, I love how you synergize with other organizations and other clinicians. How has the response been for from the OBGYN community, the physician community? Great question. So when we started 10 years ago, doctors and physical therapists, and not so much the nurses, interestingly, were a little skeptical because I'm a patient. I have an MBA. I have nothing to do with the medical world. Luckily, I surrounded myself with a pretty outrageous, amazing group of mostly researchers, well-published, people like Linda Brubaker here in Chicago, Ingrid Nygaard. Um, Holly Herman on the physical therapy I love side. Holly Herman. Jean Wyman. I mean, these are great She's names. awesome. They're, they're all awesome. Thank you. And you would know her from Boston. But they basically helped inform the fact that we should be collecting data right away, yes. that we should be looking to publish this, that we should do follow-on studies. And so the longer we survived and the more they noticed that we were evidence-based and the more they understood. I mean, here's a point to address what we were talking about earlier. We basically complement everyone and compete with no one. It's really important that the healthcare practitioners know that we're about another submission, which is to get women to the right care faster. That's beautifully stated. I really like that. Can you say that again? Sure. We want to make sure women get to the right care faster. Okay. And then just what you said before that. We complement everyone and we compete with no one. I love that. Right. And it makes me so upset when I hear the statistics that women are coping with bladder control issues, by the way, for 7 to 12 years, according Horrible. to the NAFC, before they seek care. The other one that made me crazy in the beginning was that it takes them up to four times bringing it up to their health care provider before they get, quote unquote, treatment. Four times? Four times. Wow. And so what is the treatment that they get? Is it the right treatment? Is exactly. it the right health care provider? Right. Does the health care provider, if it's a primary care physician, do they have enough in their toolkit to be able to either have the conversation or drive them to the right either organization or the right care? And so we talk to women on the other side about keep asking until you're satisfied. Exactly. Right? Make exactly. it a priority. Tell or... me what I need to know about what I don't know about. Right. I just am thinking about my own facility. We have urogynecology. Mm-hmm. We have physical therapy. We have specialized pelvic PT folks. I'm not sure we have an umbrella program. Mm. We have all the pieces, mm. but patients 
patients have to go here and there and see a variety of clinicians. So that's a great point, and that very often is the case. And what you're seeing now in the industry, like when I go to the, the Eurogyne annual meeting, you'll see these complementary pelvic health centers coming up. So hmm. colorectal is part of that, as hmm. is psychology, it's as all is nutrition. In the pelvis. Right, right. It's, yeah, and it's all important. And so there are centers, for example, here in Chicago, where you have like a pelvic health concierge. I like that. So, yes, you call it. And in. sexual health is there too. And sexual health is there too, Mimi. And so what is important for the practice, for example, is if you call the Eurogyne, can I get in without qualifying myself as a necessary patient? For example, right. do they really need to see the Eurogyne? Or could right. they come in to the nurse practitioner, get triaged, then be sent to the pelvic floor physical therapist, maybe the nutritionist, mm-hmm. maybe the psychologist, mm-hmm. maybe whatever. And then eventually, if they have to, if they're really meant to see the surgeon, they'll go see the surgeon or the urogynecologist. But in the meantime, you've got a satisfied patient who's getting attention, who's getting care. You've got revenue. I hate to flip it on the other side, but it's right. important. Right. You've got revenue coming into the facility. And in places like Chicago and Boston, where you have a lot of choices, yes. they're not waiting six to seven weeks to see the urogyne getting frustrated and going elsewhere. So that's why we love the whole combination. What do you think about the idea of the nurse practitioner as the coordinator of I this, of this team? Certainly that's a focus of the educational initiative to prepare more nurse practitioners at a doctoral level mm-hmm. to really take much more of an advocacy role in coordinating the team. We have worked so closely, Mimi, with the nurses, the nurse practitioners, and the physical therapists because those are the healthcare providers who are actually spending much longer time with the patients, and they're right. the ones typically in the practices doing the patient ed. Also, I think from the patient's perspective, being one, you're more comfortable oftentimes with those people because they have the time. They're very often women. I don't want to generalize because there's some great men in the fields too. And if you're a physical therapist, for example, you have 40 to 50 minutes sometimes, and you can cover a lot of information. Massively wonderful. Right? But very often the women don't know that there is a specialty practice in the nursing world or in the physical therapy world. So a lot of the other submission we have is to really elevate those fields of urogynecology, female urology, nurse practitioners, and physical therapists in the patient's mind. So people that come through the total control program, for example, they will leave knowing what those people are, what they do, and why you want to go see them. So when you go into a facility like my facility, mm-hmm. you would understand what services are available where, by whom. Right. And so you're almost an umbrella organization that helps. Well, go. Total but Control is what it is. It's a fitness and educational program. But it does teach those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You know, really important, what we consider the important nuggets. If we have mm-hmm. a woman from 7 to 11 weeks, what kinds of things can we teach her that she can be a better informed patient? Mm-hmm. She can actually make changes in her life by watching what she does drink or eat, paying attention to how she's using the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Why do you not want to be chronically constipated? Exactly. You know? What does that do? And do you teach Kegel exercises? Uh, we teach what we call the pelvic pyramid. So Great. that's Great. front, back, and floor. That's Perfect. Diane Lee out of Vancouver's baby. She coined the term in the 70s. And with her permission, we use it. And it's just, Excellent. it's the foundation for everything, right? It is our true core, front, back, floor. You really speak like a nurse practitioner. <laughs> you maybe need to go back to school. My team tells me I have enough degrees. And what we really need to do is to push this. We really, at the Women's Health Foundation, also try to be seductive and what we do, we try to come up with things like our sex chocolate in your pelvic floor event, which is something we offer to all of our total control facilities. Cool. We put that in the community. We're going to have three more of those running in Houston, LA, and Chicago this year because we've got some wonderful people helping us fund those. Awesome. And we're looking to do those across the country. I think we need to look at Boston. Boston, we've come to. We've done phenomenal ones there. We'd love to come back. It's awesome. a great market. That was developed, Mimi, as a way to bring women into conversation around things we care about, but maybe seductively get them there by introducing them around things that we know they like. Sex, chocolate, champagne. Perfect. And then we teach them, like Holly Herman has done some wonderful talks for us in Boston and Chicago. Great. Then we'll teach them about their pelvic floor and why they care and what happens when things
things go sideways and what they can do. I like how you say sideways. Yeah. (laughs) I like that rather than what goes wrong. Sideways is awesome. Yeah. It can show up in something that we don't really like, but some of this is, as we say, common, but it's not normal. And very often for women, that's an important thing. Yes, you are not alone. Exactly. Because most are not talking with their friends about this. They'll typically say to me, you're like one of the few people I can talk to about this. Right. And we really need to take it out of the closet. Yes. We call it taking out of the water closet. I love that. (laughs) Out of the water closet. Fantastic. Certainly you must have ambitious plans in terms of how you're going to spread your good work Mm -hmm. further. We do. So our last research study was in the adolescent space. We went into six urban high schools and we did a six-week course and we just submitted that to the Green Journal today because those results were amazing. And we're writing two books. One's called Riding the Potty Train for Little Girls, a board book to be read to by their moms who need this information. And then Below Your Belt, a primer for tweens. So we are hoping to get those published and use those as a benchmark for helping us spread the word. I think this is very exciting, the work that you're doing, Missy, and I appreciate you very much being here for an interview today. And I can't wait for our listeners to hear this interview and pass on the great information you shared. Thank you, So thank you very, very much. Thank you for having me, Mimi. You've been listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD. You can download this program and any other program in our library at ReachMD.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening. 